Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. Like any fandom, it just feels so divided. Yeah, that's my whole thing right now, Eric. My whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) My whole thing. I know, I know. (laughs) Most, the vast majority of everything is fine. Some things are amazing, and some things are terrible. And nearly everything else is fine. (laughs) There's so much space in between 0% and 100%. In fact, there's 98 other percents. (laughs) Percents. There's just so many percents. Uh, So many to choose from. (laughs) There's a 1 to 10 scale for a reason, you know? (laughs) Not everything has to be a 1 or a 10. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe my life is just too boring and I need to get more extreme. My takes need to be hotter. My opinions need to be more polarizing. You need to either love everything or about everything. You know, so I was I've been thinking about this a lot because I have recently begun to start applying for Survivor again and I'm convinced that like none of my beliefs are strong enough and none of my takes are hot enough. <laughs> To ever be a television character at all. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, what do you think of so-and-so? Oh, they're fine. You know, like, they've got positive attributes and negative attributes. What do you think of this person? Oh, they're fine. They have some, like, good things and some bad things. <laughs> like, like, so, Doug, you have to trash somebody. I'm like, do I? <laughs> so your, your confessionals will be so, like, middle of the road. Like, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. How is things fine? <laughs> how is that hurricane that just hit Fiji, Doug? You know, it, it's okay. We're making the most out of it. <laughs> They're like, there's no drama from Doug. <laughs> My thing is, if you didn't give me any food and no sleep, I would literally just be a <laughs> constantly. So I need to just like starve myself for a couple days and do an audition tape, and they'll be like, well, that guy. Well, that'd be great because you'll be starving on Survivor. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, Doug started out middle of the road when he first got on the island, but after day three, holy <laughs> <laughs> And now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Ay, 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 ay! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour! Today on the Power Hour, episode 101, Rangers Review, Power Rangers Ninja Steel, episodes 9 through 11, record on September 19th, 2017. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Some Ranger Up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. I'm Zach, also known as Hollywood. And I'm Doug, also known as Doug Watchin. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey, guys. Hey. Oh, hi. We've got Doug on the show. I'm here. (laughs) We've got Doug. (laughs) 
I don't know how I got here, but I'm enjoying it. Well, you were able to find your way out of the quarry from <laughs> episode uh, 100. <laughs> well, I survived because you, you kicked me out, so I didn't have to actually battle anyone. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we're back after our amazing jaunt through kicking the butt of ASJDF, and we've all survived. <laughs> It's fine. Um, and AP, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So glad to be back. Oh, yeah. We're all really glad that you're back. It's... <laughs> he sounds so thrilled. No, I am. I'm legitimately like, oh my god, AP's back. No, this is great. We've... Did you think I left forever? <laughs> no, I knew you wouldn't, but I was just like... I miss AP. But no, we, we've got the team back, and Doug's here, and... Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we've got the team back. Oh, and Doug's here, too. <laughs> and and literally half of us have watched the episodes that we'll be reviewing, so this is great. <laughs> Speaking of Ninja Steel, Power Rangers Ninja Steel has already aired internationally. It's all out there. The whole first season is done. It's out there. We have to accept that. So spoilers are abound, but we can give you guys the episode titles and descriptions for the remainder of the season uh, after this episode airs. So episode 16 is called Monkey Business. Uh, Calvin and Haley decide to run for office, but are thrown into discord by a monster capable of recording their voices. Yeah, so I think that's interesting that Calvin and Haley, the couple of the show, are running against each other. So, drama. Yeah. 17, The Adventures of Redbot. Redbot documents the adventures of the Power Rangers on his new blog, while a cat-like monster attempts to steal the Ninja Power Stars. And where the heck has Redbot been for most of this season? <laughs> Not on this season. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Apparently, he's too busy writing a blog. <laughs> Episode 18 is called Abracadanger, where Preston must confront one of Galvanex's newest contestants after his magical spells backfire on his teammates. And I already thought we had an episode about this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do like the title, though, Abracadanger. That's a little clever. Episode 19, Helping Hand. While Sarah deals with issues at school, the Rangers must overcome an invincible force field. So, what does that mean? Is it is it the dome? Like, I don't know. It's so vague. <laughs> and then the season finale, Galvanax Attacks. Uh, which kind of rhymes a bit. Uh, so the final battle begins as Galvanax unleashes his devastating attack. Whatever that is. Oh my. And then the Halloween special is called Tomb Raider. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not even like a, a punny name. <laughs> straight up Tomb Raider. <laughs> Just straight up Tomb Raider. This is the crossover we've been waiting for. Yeah, Lara Croft becomes the new ranger. I'm in. Yeah, I'm down for that. Uh, so, <laughs> a Halloween board game leads the Rangers into Cosmo Royale's trap, where they must confront monsters that they've already been. It's, yeah. the, it's like basically like every other season. 
pretty much. <laughs> but it's like a Halloween board game. Did, why don't Why don't you just say Ouija board? Like they're just doing a Ouija board. <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> that would never fly on Power Rangers. <laughs> So super age appropriate. <laughs> so that's the rest of the season. And I've already been spoiled on a couple things. I think episode 20 is going to be interesting and I'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah. But in even more Ninja Steel news, the cast is going to attend New York Comic Con. Yay. And this is for from Power Rangers now. William Schufelt, Christiane, Nico Greetham, Zoe Robbins, Peter Sidarso, and Jordy Weber are going to be at New York Comic Con, and they're going to make several appearances at the show. They're going to have an autograph signing of a limited edition card that will be at the Boom Studios booth, which I thought was interesting. Power Rangers Legacy Wars experience in partnership with developer NOA and Saban Brand. So maybe they might announce like Ninja Steel Rangers in the game. That might be cool. Yeah, I'm just speculating, but well, yeah. why would you have the Ninja Steel Rangers there unless I don't know? Maybe who knows? <laughs> and then uh, fans who cannot make the convention will be able to catch the cast in an interview on the Twitch live stream from New York Comic Con. Times and details will be announced closer to the event. And in other New York Comic Con news, there is going to be a Boom Studios panel. On Thursday, October 5th, it's moderated by comicbook.com, and this panel will take fans inside the wildly successful Power Rangers and Go-Go Power Rangers comic series with David Yost and Walter Jones from the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers on hand, which I think sounds really cool. That is cool. And I'm really excited for Boom Studios news because... I'm really invested into the comics. I think they've got some great stories going on. And I'm interested in, because they're going to do this art book, I think in a few months or early next year, where they're going to have this art book that's going to cover every season of the show. There's going to be artists contributing artwork for every season. And I think that's going to be amazing. Hmm. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Finally, because this is more New York Comic Con stuff, <laughs> the exclusives have been revealed for Funko Pop. There's going to be an oversized Dragon Zord, which matches the recently released San Diego Comic Con Megazord. And there's also going to be a black and gold version. The <laughs> black and gold Dragon Zord is going to be a Toy Tokyo exclusive. The Dragon Zord will be at Funko's booth. But there's also going to be a glow in the dark Green Ranger. You can go to tokunation.com <laughs> to see those pictures. And Ooh. I hate that these Megazords are exclusives. I got really lucky on the regular Megazord, and I really don't have an outlet for the Dragon Zord. So I might have to buy that off eBay and eat the cost. But <laughs> but I like them. I like the big Megazords that they're doing. You guys collecting any of the Ranger Pops? Uh, apart I've... from the couple movie ones I have, no. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I've largely resisted, because I know if I get one, I'm going to want to get all of them. <laughs> Pokemon. No. <laughs> uh -huh. it's my nature right <laughs> yeah and it's in my nature too as a collector and i've already gone down that rabbit hole so yeah <laughs> oh god i'm gonna have a wall of pops all right so 
We're going to get into our main topic, uh, Power Rangers Ninja Steel, episodes 9 through 11. The first one is episode 9, Rockin' and Rollin'. Levi is excited to be embarking on his world tour, but as mysterious earthquakes start shaking Summer Cove, he's presented with a tough decision. So Rockin' and Rolling features the debut of the Bull Rider Megazord and Galvanax's upgraded foot soldiers, the Basher Bots. This debuted in Spain a full two weeks before North America. This was obviously the episode that came back from the hiatus on August 12th. So the episode opens up on the Warrior Dome, where Cosmo Royale introduces the audience to today's contestant, Stone Dozer, available now at Target and Toys R Us, <laughs> if you can find them. <laughs> and uh, the newest model of CUDA bots called the Bashers. Stone Dozer brags to the audience that he can destroy all six Rangers. The Rangers, meanwhile, are preparing for Levi's Summer Cove concert, where he reveals that he's going on a three-month-long world tour. Obviously, the Rangers are worried about this because that would mean they'd be down a Ranger for that amount of time. But Levi assures them that he'll be able to help, just as Mary, his biggest fan from Episode 8, which was a great bit of, like, (laughs) continuity, I thought. Because she was funny in Episode 8. Yeah. And it was a nice touch to bring back that character for another episode. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. So at the same time, Victor and Monty try to get into the concert and to perform on stage with Levi in Victor's latest popularity scheme. During this time, a powerful earthquake hits, shaking the concert hall. Uh, Mick calls saying the earthquakes are both unnatural and that the epicenter is near the concert hall. The Rangers go off to find them, but Levi must stay behind to prepare for the concert because priorities. Uh, (laughs) You guys got this. I think he literally says that. Like, you guys are good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Go for it. So the Rangers go off to a newly created mine. And I like this part because they were being all ninja-y with their costumes. Yes. And they were, like, doing flips on the hills and doing ninja stuff. I thought this scene would have worked better at night. Yeah, that would have been so cool. And it would have made sense, too, because it's a concert, right? So wouldn't have been weird. Which is one of the errors. The graphic that they use for the sign says that the concert is at 7 p.m. Yet all of this stuff is happening, like, (laughs) (laughs) mid-afternoon. So that's that's a thing. We don't get a lot of night scenes in Power Rangers anyway, and I thought that would have been cool to do it that way yeah especially because those suits are they're mostly black and they would be perfect for like night stealth stuff yeah they're so cool yeah they're, they're really cool except for those hoods which <laughs> they need to lay off on the starch for their laundry yeah, they, they sit really funny <laughs> they just look off see they look cool when they're down because it looks yeah. like a like a half clamshell type thing but when yeah. they got them because this i think this is the first episode where they really have the hoods up and i was like Wow, those look really crazy when they're up. <laughs> they just look weird. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the fact that they're they're doing ninja kind of surveillance stuff. That was really cool. Uh, yeah. So they see the bashers hauling out a large amount of stone and dirt out of the caves. 
and they Sarah and Brody infiltrate the mine. And I like how they did that too, because they even took down the, the CUDA bots or, or the bashers in a ninja stealth way. Like they took two of them down like, and like knocked them out. So uh, it's cool. Like I like that they're doing actual ninja stuff. Sarah and Brody infiltrate the mine. The others morph and fight the bashers because they're a lot more powerful than CUDA bots. Inside the mine, Sarah and Brody learn of Stonedozer's plan, which is to collapse the concert hall with an earthquake. Brody tries to call Levi, but his show has just started at 4 p.m. three hours early. Yeah, you guys are fine. <laughs> <laughs> the Rangers fend off Stonedozer just as the concert hall starts to fall apart. Uh, Levi manages to morph and save Mary from collapsing debris. In doing so, he realizes his place is at the ranger's side. No kidding. Uh, so all this, all six rangers team up. They fight Stone Dozer in the quarry, uh, with Levi dealing the final strike. The Galaxy Warriors audience loves the fight, and Stone Dozer is gigantified. Levi holds his own against the monster using the newly created Bull Rider Megazord. But he also needs help, so the others summon the Rumble Tusk Ninja Steel Megazord, and they take him down. At the end of the episode, there's a big press conference at the high school, which is attended by the mayor of Summer Cove, Mr. Worst Fake Mustache in the History of All of Television. <laughs> it was bad. Is really bad. Uh, uh, Levi uh, reveals that he's going to postpone the tour to focus on his studies as a student. At the same time, Victor is given an award for bravely saving people because he broke every bone in his body, but not really because Haley's dog, Cody, rushes on stage and grabs a loose bandage, which does a complete Looney Tunes Tasmanian <laughs> devil spin whirlwind spin yeah revealing that victor is uninjured but he's also in his underwear uh so in humiliation <laughs> and to avoid the mayor's anger victor rushes off stage quickly with monty right behind him ha 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 and end the episode <laughs> a couple errors when the gold ninja steel ranger summons the bull rider megazord uh he enters the cockpit but then he activates ninja master mode and re-teleports in he also feels like he's activated the mode for the first time, even though he used it in the previous episode, which I thought was a little weird. Yeah, that was really strange. And yeah, like I mentioned before, Haley says that Levi's concert is about to start, even though the sign and graphic outside showed that it wouldn't take place until later that night. And it's continually referenced, so that mistake keeps on going and going. And then a, a weird kind of CG shot when Brody and Sarah run into the cave opening. It's some weird CGI because her arm actually clips through the door. <laughs> and I had to rewind that a couple times. And it's just a an odd CGI shot. But some interesting notes. The mayor was played by actor Daniel Singh. And he actually played the younger Lothor and Sensei in Power Rangers Ninja Storm episode, The Samurai's Journey. Huh. So the mayor was played by that guy. Oh. It's neat. Uh -oh. They just covered up his face with a really bad fake mustache. <laughs> it was distracting. Am, am I wrong, Doug? Was that? You're not You're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> it was just like you could almost see the, the makeup glue. 
I swear to God. It might have just been makeup glue. It was just a mustache made of glue. <laughs> oh, that's gross. Uh, also, the Ninja Star Burger from Ninja is used as Levi's camera. And he even says, say cheeseburger. Oh, oh my God. So, I, okay, I was thinking about this, and it's like corny, but I also was thinking of like, if I were a kid in 2017, I know I would be obnoxiously taking selfies on the playground saying cheeseburger, <laughs> like all the time. <laughs> Because it's so dumb, but it's really <laughs> weird. And it's totally a thing I would do. <laughs> and I, I just think it's crazy that he just he whips out this gigantic cheeseburger cell phone. There's a line in the episode about it, right? Because he like the first time you see it, he's taking a picture with Mary, and she goes, Oh, cool camera. And he goes, My biggest fan knows what my favorite food is, right? <laughs> it's like a <laughs> like weird throwaway line about like why he has a burger camera. <laughs> Well, I mean, when he was introduced in episode eight, they got burgers. Like, yeah. Brody and him went and got burgers, so sure, I guess his sense. his obsession with cheeseburgers <laughs> was crazy. Redbot, Galvanax, and Madam Odious don't appear in this episode. The Basher bots are used for the first time in this episode, and Jordy Weber joins the main cast as Levi from this episode onward, and it, they tweaked the intro, too, to include him, and... It looked pretty good. So my final thoughts on episode nine, it was, it was all right. It was okay. Yeah. I know they had the big intro for Levi in episode eight, but I like that in this episode, he realizes, hey, I got to put my personal life and professional life on hold because now I'm a Power Ranger. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I rewatched it and it's a really straightforward episode. Like there's not a lot that goes on. It's like, it's tight in what it's doing, but there's not like, it's not amazing, but there's nothing like outright terrible about it either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. One, one of the cool things I thought was really interesting about this episode, we actually see Power Rangers saving people for once. Oh yeah. I wanted to mention that. Something that's really cool is I really enjoy when we get to see Power Rangers being normal rescue mode. In this episode, for example, they were in the crowd and they were just directing people um, and saying, like, get out, get out, get out. I don't know why I think that's cool. It just kind of shows that these people know who the Power Rangers are and they trust them. Yeah, they were actually helping to evacuate a, a dangerous area, which we don't get to see a lot of in Power Rangers. Yeah, it's like rescue mm-hmm. mode. Yeah, yeah, rescue ready. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know where I read this, but I think one of the, I don't know if it was a Chiplin interview or something that I read, but they actually wanted to do an episode like this where they evacuate people. And it, it was something like they, they've they wanted to use that arena that they always film in, mm. and they finally got to do it. Like, they finally That's got cool. to do something where they could use the inside of the arena, not just the outside. Because yeah, that, that arena's been in Power Rangers for, like, 15 years. The inside is a really cool setting. Yeah. And there was some production, like, behind-the-scenes shots that showed them inside the actual concert hall, acting out and getting direction from the director. So, for you, the listeners of Ranger Command Power Hour, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph for your free audiobook. But moving on to episode 10, 
the ranger ribbon when Summer Cove's sentimental ribbon tree is in danger of being cut down by Preston's wealthy dad. Preston must learn to stand up to his father to save what's important. The rangers also have to contend with Ripper Rat's trap-making brother, Trapsaw. So this debuted in Spain a full three weeks before North America. This episode, interestingly enough, is directed by Oliver Driver, who voiced Genji in Mystic Force, and he was Master Swoop in Jungle Fury. That's oh, neat. Awesome. Yeah. So, boom. Knowledge drop. Um, <laughs> so, this episode opens up in a park where people have covered a tree in ribbons of all varieties over the years. Uh, Preston explains that it is the Summer Cove ribbon tree where people attach ribbons with important dates on it. Brody is in awe at such an important piece of everyday life. Preston gleefully reveals that he has made his own with all the rangers' names on it, even though he misspelled Haley's. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> they are shocked when Preston's father, Marcus Tien, arrives to tear down the ribbon tree and make way for a new building. His new interns are Victor and Monty. Reluctantly, Preston goes off with his father, unable to go against his wishes. The others refuse to let this stand and go off to rally support. Meanwhile, up on the Warrior Dome, everyone is introduced to Trapsaw, Ripper Rat's brother, and an excuse to use older footage. <laughs> while, while he claims his traps can stop the rangers, his performance leaves to be desired as Trapsaw is hit by one of his own traps. Galvanax turns to Ripcon, the one who enlisted Trapsaw, reminding him that he's on thin ice. The rangers put up flyers all around town to save the ribbon tree. Levi and Sarah try to stop by a restaurant Levi claims existed when he was in Summer Cove during his last tour, but Sarah points out there was never a restaurant, which confuses Levi. Dun, dun, dun. Hmm. Meanwhile, Brody misses another one of Trapsaw's traps, invoking Ripcon's fury, and the two of them fight it out. The battle is brief, with Brody barely coming out on top, forcing Ripcon's retreat. When the rangers arrive back at the ribbon tree, Marcus is still determined to cut the tree down. Then, a mob of protesters shows up in support of the ribbon tree. Marcus refuses to back down, claiming if he doesn't tear it down, someone else will. Almost as if by magic, a soul <laughs> ribbon falls off of the tree. Much to his surprise, it was a ribbon Marcus himself and his now-deceased wife put on the tree the day they brought Preston home from the hospital when he was born. Now he realizes how much damage he could have done, just as Trapsaw arrives. Preston protects his father, the others deal with Trapsaw, and then when Preston shows up, all six rangers defeat Trapsaw with a combined energy shot. The Galaxy Warrior audience loves the performance, and Trapsaw is gigantified. And they summon the Ninja Steel Megazord, quickly destroying him. And then, a mysterious teen notices the six demorph. Later, Marcus is shown to have fired Victor and Monty, and has plans to create Ribbon Tree Park, much to everyone's joy. Victor and Monty, however, fall into another one of Trapsaw's traps. After they part ways with Mr. Tian, the boy from earlier approaches Brody, saying he's Aiden, his brother. With tears of joy in his eyes, Brody happily embraces his brother. Aww. <laughs> so, as I mentioned earlier, one of the errors in this episode is that Haley's name is misspelled on the ribbon. 
with H-A-L-E-Y instead of the extra Y in there. When the Rangers jump out of their Megazord and demorph, the background changes. Usually this wouldn't be considered much of an error because of the mixing of Sentai and original footage, but this time... Both were original footage, so it doesn't make sense as to why it was shot in two different areas before and after the demorph. Huh. And this episode features the return of the Kudabots, because they used a lot of the footage from the Ninja's first episode with Ripper Rat footage. Because in the first episode of Ninja Steel, all of his footage was original. So they mm. were able to create Trap Saw because they never used the footage from the Ninja's uh. first episode. So that's why the Kudabot show up. Because, I have a, yeah. I have a question about this because I saw this. Did anyone watch Ninja? I don't know if either of you did. Yeah, I, I watched all of Ninja. I watched okay. the first maybe 15 episodes. Is this significant because the grunts continue to evolve throughout the series or is it just kind of like an interesting little note? It's just an interesting note. I think in the beginning they used more of the Kudabots and then they yeah. started, right, Zach? Like they used more of the upgraded ones later. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I remember them getting an upgrade about halfway through the series because some new general came along and was like, oh, well, well these need to be upgraded because they suck. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah I didn't but- know that. Admittedly, Ninja was two Sentai seasons ago, so my memory is a little fuzzy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really consider that that big of a deal, because I like when the enemies have multitudes of foot soldiers. In SPD, they had the blue heads and the orange heads and the regular little grunts, so it's fine. Yeah, Um, I was just curious, because I didn't know what the difference was. It was just, they reused the footage from the first Ninja episode, because... The footage that they used of the monster of Ripper Rat was all original footage. They're not going to let something go to waste. And I actually yeah. thought it was funny that Trap Saw was this guy's brother and that he was like <laughs> way more incompetent because Trap Saw is terrible. He sucks. <laughs> yeah, he's bad. I like that every one of his traps was just a failure. It was yeah. It was pretty funny because yeah. towards the end of the episode, Galvanax even tells Ripcon, "It's like, okay, you completely failed." <laughs> yeah. So Ripcon's already on thin ice, and I just like that it was a an incompetent monster, and that they were able to <laughs> reuse a suit. I kind of like it when they make these aliens related in some way. Like, oh yeah, that's my brother, and we're all just <laughs> big chainsaw rat things on our planet. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Yeah, we all have chainsaw rat hands. You You don't? (laughs) As for the episode itself, what did you think, Doug? Okay, so I like the concept and idea of this episode way more than Rockin' and Rollin'. Mm -hmm. I like what the content is, but it's no secret that Ninja Steel has been criticized for really subpar writing, and I think it shows through in this episode more than a lot of them. So I like what they do. I like that there's this demonstration. Did you see the behind the scenes photo from Nico and Zoe where they were like sitting yes. in the tree? Yeah. And they said, we were in here for five hours. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like they were just like sitting in that tree with real phones, taking pictures of like the crew, which and, I thought was hilarious. And I did think it was hilarious in the episode that they're like, because the reason that uh, Haley and Calvin go up there is because they're doing like that protester thing where it's like, well, yeah. they're not going to cut down the tree if we're in it. <laughs> yeah. And what? and they even say, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll go on social media and spread the word. So I'd like that they actually acknowledged 
social media in Power Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, this was one of the episodes that I actually pulled a lot of what I think is good stuff from Ninja Steel, where I think it's cool that they showed the, you know, like in, in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, it was like, we're going to go clean up the river, you know? In this <laughs> one, it's like, we're going to rally people from the city, we're going to post on social media, we're going to do flyers. They show a peaceful demonstration in like a really, it's like a very conventional and traditional sure. way, but it's like kind of cool. I thought it was really neat that they did that. We're, Haley and Calvin just like didn't waste a second. They were like, we're going to climb this tree and not get out of it. (laughs) I I thought that was cool. So I like the idea of this one, but it was like very over the top. So I wish that the delivery had been better. Sure, but I kind of like that it shows that the Rangers can do things in a heroic way and they don't have to morph. You know what I mean? They can still do good things in the community. Yeah, that's cool. A couple things I did notice in this episode. When Preston goes to protect his dad... He does, like, the Coda, like, pose. And it's not even subtle. I mean, he just breaks out in full Yoshi, (laughs) Coda, like, raw mode. And I love that they threw that in. That was such a subtle thing for him to do. It's funny, because normally it would have been something that would bother me, because it's actually, like, kind of out of character. But because it's an Easter egg, I was like, oh, oh, I know that. (laughs) (laughs) I know that pose. What? (laughs) The Super um, Brothers are truly some oh, of the yeah. greatest things to come out of the past few years. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so great. Absolutely. And actually, a, a sad thing, which Peter mentioned on social media, this episode was really special to him because when they filmed it, their grandmother passed away during filming of this episode. And yeah. I noticed it when he's making up with his father. You can see the real emotion on Peter's face. Yeah, Preston's the one part of this episode that doesn't go into, like, the -the over-the-top place, because I think he connected so much with what the message of the episode was. Yeah, and I like that it was family, well, at least a father and son connecting. And a little personal tidbit, we find out that Preston's birthday is January 3rd. That's my sister's birthday, so I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, oh, January 3rd, no way. (laughs) Um, That's neat. Yeah, and here's something I wanted to bring up. Why does, like, every Power Ranger nowadays have a parent that's dead? What kind of dark place are we living in? Why can't they have two parents? I was just going to say, like, Zach, they're out of the Disney era. Like, why are they doing this? (laughs) I was like, Disney, no, wait, they're not Disney anymore. Oh, uh... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. On the topic of his parents, I thought it was really interesting that Preston's dad knows that he's doing magic. Did you catch that? Yeah, he's like, yeah, stop practicing your magic, or like, no time for magic tricks or whatever. Yeah, I thought that was really strange. I mean, Preston's magic thing has been sort of a weird thing the entire time. I really, really hope they, like, give us more. I don't know that they will, but I hope they do. Because everybody sees it and knows it, and it's just, like, there. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, his dad doesn't even, he's not even, like, mad about it. He's just like, this is not the time. (laughs) (laughs) Which, which, and he was kind of hiding, he was kind of hiding when he did the thing to get rid of Victor and Monty. He made the hose float and spray on them and all that stuff. And he was doing secretly, but then his dad was like, time to stop your magic tricks and get in the car. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, that's actually really impressive. Like, how would anyone be able to do that? (laughs) It's such a weird little detail. No, no, it is. But 
We don't know where Brody and Aiden's mom is. She's not like a ninja mom. We don't know where she is. And then Preston's mom is literally, he's, oh, when your mother passed away or when we lost your mother. I was like, oh, yikes. And especially when Preston's dad mentioned that she was the one that helped me build this corporation and blah, blah, blah. And then she was lost and it was like, yikes. But it seems like every season now, someone's missing a a mom or a dad. It's kind of depressing. (laughs) It's weird because it's like... It's nice to have that every once in a while because not everybody has two parents. But sure. like people do also have two parents, so it's okay in Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Power Rangers, you can have a mom and a dad. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, episode 11, Poisonous Plots. Brody is poisoned by Galvanax's latest contestant. Will the Rangers make the ultimate sacrifice in order to save him? This also debuted in Spain a full three weeks before North America, and it was also directed by the same guy who directed the last episode, who was Jinji and Master Swoop. And that's another thing I've noticed in Power Rangers, and it makes sense in a production way, but they have blocks of directors that direct certain episodes. I've noticed that when I'm browsing Wikipedia or whatever. This episode, normally there's that Galvanax, the leader, the blah, blah, blah. But this time I thought it was interesting because Brody was the one that was doing the intro. Yeah. And it caught me off guard the first time. For a second I was like, wait, this is, is this what always happens? And then I remembered that it definitely doesn't. (laughs) Right. And so I like that they tailored the pre-show intro that they do. And I like that they tailored it to Brody and obviously the revelation from the last episode that his brother has returned. Yeah. But then we get that recap and then we have Aiden doing another recap. So the <laughs> this one, the first two minutes of this episode is just recap. <laughs> yeah. And I don't... They could have used that better. <laughs> like... I like the Brody part of the recap because it showed from his point of view that, oh yeah, and for 10 years I was trapped on Galvanax's ship and then I found all these new friends and I became a Power Ranger. But then you have Aiden telling his story and it's literally, they just flash back to scenes of the first episode. And I thought that they could have just told us, he could have just told us and not showed all that stuff because... I didn't yeah. need another retread of episode one. Yeah, I think I got up at that point and kind of stopped paying attention until it was <laughs> over. <laughs> so oh my gosh. so th- he, he's done telling his story, and then mm-hmm. he's like, oh, so can we just go into the base now? I want to see the ranger base. And Mick is like, nope, that's for <laughs> rangers only. We're not going to do that, which I thought was pretty smart. Yeah, on, on Mick's I like part. that. I like that too. Overall, I like Mick as a character. Yeah, I do too. I would like more of him because I actually really enjoy how he does stuff. Yeah, and obviously I like Kelson Henderson. He does sure. a great job. He's this Ranger alum. So I like that Mick is actually doing cool stuff. And actually in this week's preview for the new episode, which people will be able to watch Saturday when this episode releases... Um, The preview clip, he gets pretty sassy with Princess Vieira. He's like, well, yeah, she's the reason that I haven't seen my parents in 20 years, and her people sold me to slavery to Galvanax. And I was like, whoa, whoa, what? (laughs) No, literally, if you watch the preview clip, she's like, well, I need your guys' help. And Brody's like, well, Mick, you're a mechanic. Maybe you can help her with her ship. And he's like, 
yeah, maybe we shouldn't help her. And Preston's like, whoa, what are you talking about? How could you say that? And he's like, well, her people are the reason that I haven't seen my parents in 20 years because her people sold a hundred of my people to Galvanax. And I was like, what? They're kind of implying slavery. Like, what's going on? Yeah. Wow. I'm very excited to watch that now. And for a preview clip, I was like, wow, this got dark. Yeah. <laughs> for real. Yeah. So, so that's why I'm like, I'm all for Team Mick, because that's cool. <laughs> I mean, it's not cool what happened to him. It's cool that he's getting character focused. <laughs> that's like, I don't know how much they'll explore that, but that's a pretty intense backstory. That gives you quite a bit of context. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. So instead, they just train in the junkyard, but he's super aggressive in his fight with Levi. And mm-hmm. Brody just passes it off as, oh, yeah, well, he's been on his own for so long. Give him some slack. So later in home ec class, Haley and Levi are having trouble with their chocolate sculpture for a local children's charity. At the same time, Victor and Monty tried to use glue in their chocolate in order to make it harden quickly. Unfortunately, the mold breaks and the chocolate spills all over Victor, encasing him in a durable chocolate shell. While Monty goes and (laughs) tries to get some help, some workers take Victor away, believing him to be a chocolate sculpture. (laughs) It's ridiculous. I'm uh, I'm like the only person, like the only person on this planet who thinks they're even remotely funny. There's a part where like... (laughs) <laughs> they're like filling their sculpture and there's a hole in the sculpture and Mo- and victor just goes he puts his hole his finger right in the hole and he just goes money hole <laughs> just like for some reason i just like lost it at that. And i don't know why i'm the only person isn't like every episode victor's been in so far almost he gets like trapped in in something somehow like no it's it's literally every episode they have some kind of hijink yes well the thing is the actors that play victor and money are fantastic they're Mm. so good they just get such weird stupid situations (laughs) that they're put in and the, the actors themselves i mean are really cool have you seen them on twitter oh i've seen them on twitter yeah they're 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 actually they're super funny and they know what's going on they know people hate them right right. (laughs) and they're and they're having fun with it yeah they're they're really funny about it (laughs) anyway sorry no 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 i i kind of want to open this well i'll i'll open up my victor and monty speech in a bit sure i i guess i just hate the dumb fart chocolate face stuff I yeah. think them as characters, they're, they are kind of funny. I like Monty just because he's so over the top, like in love for Victor. It's not even <laughs> a question at this point. I mean, so weird. half this episode, he was screaming like, where's Victor? Yeah. And he's just like running around like, I have to find Victor. And, <laughs> and I think that's funny, but yeah. I don't like the potty humor. Yeah, my yeah. my my theory about those two is that in a completely different context or show or something, the two of them I think would be hilarious. Like I think their chemistry together is really funny, and so 
I just feel like they keep getting shoehorned in in a way that distracts. You know what I mean? Yeah, if this were the Bulk and Skull comedy hour, those guys would get an award. But the way that they're kind of shoehorned into these episodes, there is no reason for them to be interns for Preston's wealthy dad. Like, what, what, what two high school juniors... Are are interning at a at a corporation like who has time for that? And I know it's Power Rangers and ridiculous things happen all the time. But to me, that part was just oh, we gotta fit them into this episode somehow. That's it. That's the thing right there. It's like some of the stuff they do fits in naturally, but I also feel like so many of these episodes open and close with Victor and Monty and shouldn't. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like right. there's no reason for them to be the last scene of every show. <laughs> And it's it's not every episode, but it's a good right. majority of them. It's frequent. And to have them be like the ha ha ha, and then they freeze the credits, that's, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. It's like a strange creative choice, for sure. <laughs> okay, they were trapped in that fart bubble, but then they like flew away, probably to get very badly hurt, and the rangers are just like, ha! Like... <laughs> It does kind of like that was definitely like my least favorite Victor and Mighty thing, but it almost harkens back to like super early Mighty Morphin Power Rangers where like Bulk and Skull do things that like hurt them and everyone's like, oh (laughs) No, that's not funny. It's like ha ha ha, they're in a lot of pain. (laughs) Yeah. And it just makes the Rangers look like jerks. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. Very weird. I didn't want to get on a Victor Armani tangent in the middle of the episode, <laughs> but I just had to bring up, there was no reason for them to be interns for Preston's wealthy dad. Yeah. They're high school think- students. And yeah. if, I, if a high school student was going to intern for someone, it wouldn't be them. <laughs> they weren't no. the ones chosen. <laughs> like- no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes there is like that one guy who like is like way too serious about things. <laughs> you know, like thinks he's gonna be a businessman at fifteen. You know that kid. But uh... <laughs> you, you know what? I could see Monty being that kid, but uh-huh. not yeah. Victor. Yeah. 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 Definitely. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a monster that was picked up on the scanners. Instead, they find Aiden dealing with a small army of Kuda bots. The Rangers are able to hold him off until the new contestant this week, Toxity, hits Brody with poison. Madam Odious gives the Rangers an ultimatum. Give her all six power stars in exchange for the antidote, or Brody dies at sunset. Aiden instantly agrees but the Rangers don't. Mick agrees to help make their own antidote, while Levi and Haley, they kind of secretly take the power stars from everyone. They snatch them up because they have their own plan. And for me, Aiden was really pushing it. Guys, there's no choice. We just got to give them the power stars. And I'm like, come on, really? Like, you got to sell that a little bit, you know? Um, Brody is able to sneak away from the others for some reason, even though they're trapped in a small lab. I don't know how he would be able to get away unless, you know, he does his like ninja thing, but he's all hurt and like doubled over and he stops Levi and Haley before they leave the school. And he comes with them to do the power star exchange. 
then Preston, Calvin, and Sarah show up and they're pretty pissed off because they're like, hey, you took the stars without telling us. I can't believe that you're actually going to do this. And I thought this was an, an interesting line from Calvin because I, I, I wrote it down. He tells Haley, he's like, you didn't even tell me. Like mm-hmm. like doing the whole relationship thing. I thought that was a nice touch. He was hurt that she didn't include him on their plan. Yeah. Mm. I thought that was a nice touch. The Power Stars are fake because they're made of chocolate. Because that <laughs> the ties in. The looking chocolate ever, by it, the way. It, was gr- it looked like that Nickelodeon gag, but brown. But brown. Yeah. <laughs> so gross oh. it was it was terrible um, brody did get the antidote because they did the switch and then it was like oh chocolate stars no so brody chases after madam odious and the others deal with toxicity and preston and levi do this really cool team up and they finish off the monster for Brody's fight, they reused the Ninja Red footage, the standalone fight footage from that first episode. So they're really milking that first episode for that Sentai footage because oh. they didn't use it for the first episode of Ninja Steel. I'll so have to go all... back and watch that to see how much of it I recognize at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was a good way to spread that sentai footage use over a couple episodes without Mm -hmm. being completely obvious another episode they used the four of them they used that footage from like ninja's second episode which they never used Mm. so they're doing a really good job of reusing the sentai footage not necessarily in the adaptation episode that they're adapting the monster from huh so i i like that they're doing that that they're using the kudabot fights from other episodes from the ninja into these episodes. It's something I've noticed just because I watched those early ninja episodes. I'm like, well, wait, that's the fight from the first episode. They just reused it here. So anyway, Toxity is gigantified. Brody and Levi summon the Robo Red Zord and the Bull Rider Zord to fight her. And I like that they're using the one-off Zords to defeat this monster. Then they need help, so they form the two Megazords. That's destroyed. So back at school, Aiden and the others make up. Aiden says, oh, I'm sorry, I was such a jerk during the training earlier. Haley was like, oh yeah, we misjudged you. You really wanted to help Brody, so we're good. So everyone goes off to this chocolate charity thing. Victor's statue is knocked over, and it scares all the kids at the charity event, and laughter it's ensues. So stupid. Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> and then and then the closing scene, which isn't a Victor and Monty scene, ah. um, Madam Odious... <laughs> is talking to her newest ally, Aiden. He's like, oh yes, our plan is working perfectly. <laughs> and he starts going, ma-ha-ha. It's crazy. So, oh no, <laughs> fake Aiden, what's going on? So a couple errors in this episode. During the Megazord fight with Toxity, the samurai instrumental theme is totally obvious in the background. It is the samurai theme. And then some notes, Redbot and Ripcon do not appear in the main portion of this episode, but Redbot does appear in Brody's flashback in the beginning narration. And this is the second known Power Ranger episode to have a morphing material item replaced with a chocolate replica to deceive the villains. And the first time this was done 
was in the episode A Monster of Global Proportions in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Season 2. Ah. So there's mm-hmm. your throwback. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, so this episode, it was all right. It's nothing to write home about. I feel Ninja Steel, without Victor and Monty, Ninja Steel is just an okay Power Ranger season. But <laughs> but with their antics, it just turns me off. Because when the chocolates start dumping on them, I, I was like, again, it's another food in the face gag that at this point, it's just overused. I did like the monster, however. I like that they turned the Sentai monster into a girl. Because I don't think oh. it was a girl in a ninja. Oh, I didn't know that. We don't get a lot of female monsters anyway. I like Toxity. I think that's a fun name. Yeah, that's a good name, considering some of the like duds they've had in the past few years. Like That's a cool one. <laughs> Bulldozer! Really? <laughs> <laughs> Ripper Rat! Okay. Or, or, or what was the one? It was like from, from Dino Charge? Or it was just Wasn't like... it literally just like Ninja? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it was that. just Ninja. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Toxity is pretty, pretty great compared to... To what we've gone before. <laughs> and it, it, it was just a cool monster design. I yeah. like that the main body chest is a big metal teapot, and then the mm-hmm. rest of it is made up in, like, stylistic steam. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I think all of the Ninja monsters are very interesting design-wise. Yeah, I've enjoyed the monster designs. I usually don't pay a whole lot of attention to the monster designs, but some of these I've noticed as being pretty cool. I had a whole situation on Twitter the other day, in case y'all didn't notice that, about monsters. About Power Ranger monsters. I don't know if I did notice this. Yeah, it was about how I would react if I saw one of them in real life. Oh, Oh, I saw that. (laughs) That's as much as I saw. (laughs) Did it become a bigger thing? Kind of. Like a little bit. It was like a good good five tweets, I think. (laughs) Good five tweets. (laughs) Oh, oh, wait. Okay. Oh, I didn't see the rest of this. Yeah, I have another. Right. Are you are you looking at it like right now or yes. something? <laughs> I didn't see the rest of these. I just saw the one. Um, uh, you said I think we all know Power Rangers monsters are ridiculously goofy, but to be honest, I'd probably be scared if one of them popped out in reality. Like I'd be scared to death if I was walking through the park and that purse monster appeared. I'd be afraid <laughs> to ever go into the park again. <laughs> People would just be like, it's a sentient purse monster. And I'd be like, keyword, sentient purse monster. And throw out <laughs> all my purses. And don't even get me started on pumpkin spice season. Imagine pumpkin rapper taking revenge on all his fallen brethren. It'd be madness. <laughs> oh my god, that is crazy. <laughs> Imagine that maze monster from Dino Charge just showing up in your town, stomping down Main Street, flipping cars. You'd be terrified. <laughs> Okay, legit. If some of these, if some of these monsters like legit showed up in real life and started turning people into like guitars or something, yeah, I'd be flipping out. I'd be like, I gotta get the hell out of this town. I don't want to be turned into a guitar. Oh my god, it'd be like some Doctor Who in real life. It would be. It would be like everyone get turned into a freaking robot or something. Oh man, that'd be nuts. All these everyday objects being turned into monsters. It's like scared. It's like goodbye, favorite teapot. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I kind of miss when that's actually how monsters were created. I love that. Like, oh yeah, when when Lord Zed would be like, "Oh yes, that purse looks great." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would make you legitimately terrified of everything in your home. <laughs> like, I like that one where what's her face from Turbo was making the jacket or something, and then all of a sudden, what was his what what's his face? Robot cop dude. Oh, Robo-cop. Bl- Bl- Blue Centurion, Robocop. That's a much better Power Ranger season right there with Robocop. <laughs> Dead or alive, you're coming with me. (laughs) But yeah, like it'd be like scary. Literally, like Doug said, everything in your house, you'd be terrified of it. Well, (laughs) even animals, like a bee monster or fish monster, it's like, well, I I can't go to the lake again because I got. (laughs) How about the pachinko monster? Oh no. No, no, no casinos. That would be done. (laughs) Power Rangers is destroying every everyday object that we love. (laughs) So we took to Ranger Nation and we asked, what are your thoughts on Power Rangers Ninja Steel episodes 9 through 11? On Twitter, Tyler Bozetsky at Tyred Boz said, I stopped watching after Levi's debut and probably won't watch again until the 25th anniversary episode. I've seen the spoilers, but not actual clips of said spoilers. Personally, I feel the title of the series should be Leave It to Brody. Whenever they learn these outdated lessons, I feel like Ward Cleaver should be walking in, wagging his finger, and punishing them. Also, glad to see Brody being fine with his brother becoming a country star for 10 years instead of looking for him. And um, (laughs) Mr. Change Dragon said, he was kidnapped by aliens. What else was he supposed to do? LOL. (laughs) And uh, Digiranger uh, 1994 said to both of them, Aiden was told to hide, not go after the aliens, which he would be doing by looking for Brody, which is a good point. Yeah. And what better way to stay hidden than become a country music star? Uh, (laughs) In plain sight. Hey, it worked for... Hannah Montana. (laughs) The greatest Power Ranger of all. (laughs) No one ever suspected that she fought a ton of purse monsters after concerts. Our good buddy Chris at Toku Chris said, I think someone needs to call him 911 because Power Rangers Ninja Steel feels like it needs life support. Joshua Aaron Moore at Kentucky Jam said, I've thoroughly enjoyed the mental benefits of not watching them. And then DG Ranger 1994 replied to him and said, honestly, the Robo Aiden arc at least brought something, but it was resolved too quickly. I agree with that. BT dubs. Solomon D at Solomon D said, I thought the episodes were nonsensical and rushed. The biggest surprise is that these episodes have three writers. It is baffling. RJ at Anime Redneck 96 said, well, the best suit and concept ever showed up. So there's that. At some point I'll watch to see how they ruined it or didn't. It's 50, 50 <laughs> math. Speaking of 50, 50, I totally ordered that Sentai box. Whoa. Oh, I'm going to have to do the same. <laughs> oh, shoot. And then we can make unboxing videos. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe we can unbox together. <laughs> like on Wednesday of next week. Right at Doug's. <laughs> well, that's if we get it in time. <laughs> 
Long's Toys at Long 83 said, if you just take out Victor and Monty, they're decent episodes. Aww. Juan Carlos Sanchez, Orange SPD Ranger, said, just going to wait for it on Netflix and see it with my son. Hope he enjoys it more than me. Nightmare at Nightmare 10 said, saying that I had to go back and remind myself what happened in the episodes is telling. The Brody Aiden arc starting is the only standout. Edward Sanchez and Edward is the man and congrats on winning our 100th episode contest. Uh, he, he said, I really enjoy watching all these episodes, but my favorite of all three of them was episode 11. Common Ranger Bat at Wonderbat X5 said, My thoughts on episodes 9 through 11 is that 911 needs to be called. <laughs> and someone get a new joke writer. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> uh, I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot of this joke. Um, <laughs> Marlin at Marlin Mota 02 said, I like them, principally episode 11. On Facebook, Charlie Shields said, While I do see some very minor improvements, the season is still very underwhelming, to put it nicely. I'm honestly only watching this still for two reasons. Prep for the 25th anniversary and Christiani. And I'm not just saying that for thirsty reasons. I honestly think she's the best actor on the show. But if the show ends up not delivering a satisfying 25th anniversary, well, then I'll always have her Instagram. You know, for her acting. Fitzwater. <laughs> <Bowser>. uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no. uh, not thirsty says the man in the desert <laughs> uh, Kate's mother said I would have kept Levi's identity a secret from the rangers but known to us and maybe Mick I saw that comment earlier and I'm very curious about it so I will have to ask her more okay hmm. on Instagram now Mitriel underscore 90 says 9 and 10 was okay 11 was good. Jungle Karma Pippa said, I honestly forgot all three episodes already. <laughs> all right. So overall, I've been very reserved this episode. Everyone at this point knows that I'm not the biggest fan of Ninja Steel. And it's uh, mainly because of one, the overacting from Brody and two, Victor and Monty. The writing isn't the best, mm -hmm. but it is Power Rangers. But at the same time, this being the lead up to the 25th anniversary, like I feel anniversary season should be really special. Instead and of like the worst seasons ever. Like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, it's no secret on this show, we've lambasted Super Mega Force. And that was airing when we started our podcast. And it, it wasn't great. And we had that, that great glimmer of, of Dino Charge, only to be, I don't know, kind of ruined by Dino Supercharge. <laughs> and then we're like sinking back into this anniversary territory. And I don't know if past Ranger actors showing up is going to be enough to save the show for me. Last anniversary was also the 20th, so it was also a big one and like bringing back past people. Yeah, but it's almost like they're also bringing them back because they realize they've been going downhill and they just want those eyes on the screen, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't think that'll I don't think it'll help, you know, like unless they do something really amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm very much of the mindset. If you can't think of something really spectacular for your anniversary, just do solid, you know? Don't swing and miss. Just put it on the tee and keep playing. So yeah. I don't know. Unless they do something spectacular, I don't know that past Rangers are going to do much. 
Mm-hmm. I think there's a chance that it might be spectacular because it seemed like, okay, first we don't have Zach Orr and we don't have them going at the last minute. Oh shoot. Maybe we should contact some past Ranger actors because that's what happened mm-hmm. with Super Mega Force. I feel yeah. like there was more time and preparation given to this. There's a whole cast sweater or jacket that had the monster on the 25th anniversary. So there's something special that's being planned. There was yeah. photos out there where it showed all the ranger suits of the specific rangers that were returning back. So oh, where's that? At? I never saw that. Well, yeah. I've avoided it on purpose. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said no. 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 no, no. <laughs> oh, no. I, I knew that stuff was happening. I've just tr- I've stayed away from specifics. You know what I mean. So that that makes me very intrigued. Okay. A- a- send it to me. I'll send, send it. it to me. I'll send it. <laughs> but yeah, there's some stuff floating out there where I think they're at least planning for something cool. I want it to be more of a Forever Red situation and less of a legendary battle situation. Is yeah. what I'm saying. Yes. But at the same time, do we have to slog through more Victor and Monty to get to that? You know what I mean? I saw a spoiler for episode 20, the season finale, and Victor and Monty are a huge plot point for how things go down in the finale. And I am not a fan of how that sounds in what I've read. I'm not either. And I'm, I don't even love them, but I think just by the fact that I laugh at them, I'm like their number one fan because no one else does. (laughs) But even to me, that seems so unnecessary. It doesn't seem to make any sense. Uh, I personally like Tyler Bozetsky. He said he stopped watching after Levi was introduced. I did the same thing. I have literally no desire to watch anything else. I might watch the 25th anniversary, but even that, I mean, yeah, actually, I probably am going to watch the 25th anniversary, but just like anything else, I have no desire to watch it because it's been totally disappointing and not even the disappointing where I can still continue watching it. Yeah, it's just bad. Well, because there's the kind of disappointing where you want to talk about it, right? Like Super Mega Force is the kind of disappointing where we could still talk about it. Where it's like, why did they make these choices? Why is there Sentai suits? What's going on? This is not that. No. (laughs) Yeah. In Super Mega Force, there was kind of something to look forward to still. Oh, who are they going to turn into? What crazy Sentai team's going to show up next? But like, and, in this, and like in Super this... Mega Force, I legitimately like that Casey came back, like yeah. from Jungle Fury. That was, cool. that was, that was awesome. Pretty, that was actually a pretty good episode too. And there were yep. gl- but... so at least in Super Mega Force, there were glimmers of hope. Oh well, maybe they can turn this around. And that was actually a good episode. Yeah, the past the highs were seasons. much higher. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But in this season, Dino Supercharged, I actually stopped watching Dino Supercharged after a while, too. And I loved Dino Charged. It was amazing to me. And then Dino Supercharged, I stopped watching that. I literally couldn't stomach it after the second episode. Did you ever go back and rewatch or no? Eventually, I probably will. Maybe even this week, to be honest, because I don't have work on Friday. But, um, <laughs> and I've got like, nothing else to do. For our podcast, I do want to review current episodes. It's something that we've always done and i've always even in past seasons like super mega force i've always at least watched it the day of or i downloaded it the next day i don't have cable i downloaded 
So <laughs> my drive at least was still there. With Ninja Steel, I only downloaded episode 11 today and watched it today. So it's like I'm catching up and watching the show because I know I'm going to have to talk about it on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I don't want Power Rangers to feel like an obligation for me. It's one of the fandoms I love. And yeah. I don't want the show to be mm -hmm. a chore. And I feel like it is. Yeah. I will say for those of you who are listening who don't find it to be a chore, like I also don't, right? So it's weird because I do recognize that it's dropped, right? But I've still managed to maintain and I want to know why, right? Like I'm going to think about that. Like what is it that I'm mm -hmm. finding that's driving me to keep watching it? Because I do want to be able to articulate that and I don't know that I'm articulating it very well. So I'm still watching it and I'm still... You know, I still get excited yeah. about the Power Rangers well, on since... Saturday and stuff, but I get it. I totally yeah. get it. Well, since AP's not watching it, we're obviously going to have I him mean, back like, for the next Grant... review episode. <laughs> well, no, granted, like, I had other things, I had well, other sure, things on sure. my mind well, dur uh, during obviously, this, but, uh, yeah, obviously. So, like, Power Rangers, <laughs> the least of my concerns at that point. Right. Admittedly for me, too. I was moving and all that crazy yeah. stuff, so, I mean, life but, happens, and... Power yeah. Rangers isn't the biggest priority. But that's like, still telling, right? If this were the first season of Dino Charge, you would have gone out of your way. And this right. isn't a show that people are going out of their way to watch, which is noticeable. Super noticeable. Mm -hmm. Even in like, the ratings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I really like this cast. Don't get me wrong. I really like the cast, and I like the just the characters. Yeah. But I, think I don't the, like how they're doing everything. It's not gelling. Yeah, you know? this is a very classic, great cast. Yep. Not, not yeah. the show's not doing them justice. Mm -hmm. And I was freaking out that they got Kelson back. I was like, oh my god, he's back after SPD and Mystic Force and and Overdrive. We got Kelson back. Like I was like, oh yeah, yeah. you're right. The cast, they look great personality wise. The characters yeah. are great. We've got our first interracial couple. Uh, well, you know, well, well, well I mean, we have our first. Ex explicitly labeled right? right because we've had some from day yeah. one of ninja steel they were yeah. these two are boyfriend and yes. girlfriend and that's yes. significant like that's really mm -hmm. yeah tyler and shelby obviously interracial couple yeah. but you're right it was like from day one right off the bat two rangers are dating and they're a mm -hmm. couple i don't know if it was you doug that tweeted or someone but i guess in one of these latest episodes the teacher shooed Calvin and Haley from being close together in class. Oh, that like, wasn't me, but I'll have to think about when that was. I think it was the latest episode because someone posted a GIF and they had their desks next to each other and they were cuddling up. And it was a real yeah. subtle moment. The teacher just breaks them up a little bit. Huh. So I like that there's those little things. Yeah. You know, the couple stuff. And they're not overly playing it. But that's why I like that one thing in episode 11 where Calvin was hurt. He's like, you didn't even tell me mm -hmm. uh, referring to their plan. Like, you mm -hmm. didn't include me on your plan. What's the deal? Calvin and Haley are fantastic. And it's really bumming me out that we're not getting more. In another recent episode, Calvin starts geeking out about something. And Haley finishes his sentence, like, as he's saying it. Mm -hmm. and all those little things that tell you that these two are an established couple that care a lot about each other mm -hmm. and it's so subtle that i wish there was a bit more it's weird because the stuff that we don't need to be beaten over the head with we are and the stuff that would do more justice to be in the spotlight isn't you know yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to still watch it. I'm thinking about just watching the rest and catching up because 
The stuff I've seen of Princess Viera, that intrigues me. It's an original character that's not in the Sentai, and she's mm-hmm. an alien, and I like when Power Rangers does that type yeah. of world building. I've always liked that. That preview clip that I saw today for the episode this Saturday, where he's like, her people sold a hundred of my people to Galvanax, and I was like, whoa, what? Power Rangers yeah. kind of mentioning slavery. Like, well, like what's going on here? <laughs> wow, that's kind of dark for... Yeah. Recent Power Rangers. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So it's that kind of stuff that will get me back to the show. It's like a bunch yep. of ingredients that aren't actually being baked. You know, like there's yes. great stuff over here, great stuff over here, great stuff over here. Yes. But the fact that none of them are connecting or reacting with one another, it's such a huge problem. It's yeah. a souffle that's not rising, even though that you have the <laughs> best ingredients. And I only say that because I watched Master Chef and they had a souffle challenge. So, yeah. Uh. Anywho. <laughs> If you guys have time, we have one more thing. We have a question from Ranger Nation. You can ask a question at ask.fm slash rangercommandph. And Tyler Waldman, our good friend Tyler, he asked, Master Rider was garbage, and Kamen Rider (laughs) Dragon Knight landed like a wet fart. Can Kamen Rider ever be brought over again? Which series would be the most feasible to adapt and which would be your dream choice? And we kind of, uh, I think Zach and I kind of answered this in, in a previous episode along the realms of Kamen Rider adaptation. But Doug, what yeah. do you think would be the best Kamen Rider series that could be adapted over here? So my first thought, and I, I won't end with this answer because it's a cop-out, but my first thought is that I, I think Kamen Rider would be done the most justice to simply be translated and released legally because I, I don't know that adaptations will work. So with Tyler's question of can it be brought over again, like I don't know if it can. I don't know if the audience that it's aimed at exists well enough here, if that makes any sort of sense. Yeah. I feel like it's sort of a unique target audience that we either don't have or it's not quite built into our culture or it's just like, I don't know, I'm not sure. But I think of the ones I've seen, I think... I think Double would be cool because it's based on like a detective type theme. And I think that would Mm -hmm. be an easy thing to adapt. I also think, I know this is me being biased, but I think Wizard would actually be a relatively easy one to adapt because, this is going to sound weird, but because of the things people don't like about it and that it's like sort of bland compared to some of the other ones, I think that actually makes it very easy to adapt because you can, you can easily create new footage. You can create characters that don't rely too much on the characters that exist. Common Rider Wizard is very stoic, so you can build whatever character you want in mm. that spot. So that one would be easy. I think the ones that would be harder are ones with, and this might break your heart a little bit, with huge casts. I think that could be really difficult. But the nice thing yeah. about like a Gaim is that the story exists. So you wouldn't have to do any sort of crazy adapting because you sure. you have like a really well thought out story. So, But I can recognize that Gaim would be hard to adapt just because there's so much culturally like with the armor it's very feudal japan type of show for me i think forze would be a great one to adapt because you've got that high school setting and if you want to do a power rangers like thing you could adapt over the high school setting and people love space stuff so that one would be pretty easy because that's like mostly one hero right right and then like a supporting cast so you kind of have this it's almost like a, a superhero with a bat cave staff yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like, that could be pretty cool my dream choice would be gaim 
I don't think yeah. it would be very adaptable to a Western audience. But I like your suggestion, Doug. I think they don't need to do an adapt. Just bring this show subtitled here, like what Shout Factory is doing with Sentai, and call mm-hmm. it a day. And I hope this happens because Garo, a show that I thought would never get released here domestically, is on Blu-ray and it's being released subtitled. And that's a Toku show I thought would never, ever make its way stateside. So if mm-hmm. something like Garo can be brought over here, I'm sure someone could just release Common Rider over here. Come on. I feel like I feel like there's got to be some channel that would have the right audience. Like, I don't know if adults country is that channel anymore. No, Crunch- well, yeah, I think there Crunchyroll are a lot of, like, has Ultraman. Vehicles. They have Ultraman. Right. There, there are a lot of, like, online vehicles, I think, for it, for oh, sure. sure. But I even think, yeah. it, you'd have to, I don't know, I haven't watched Adult Swim in a long time, but I almost feel like there was a time where you could have put certain common Rider series on Adult Swim where they had, like, their anime stuff, and it wouldn't right. feel that weird i don't know that you could do it now because i don't know what's on adult swim now so i would have to tell me it's just like a whole bunch of stoner shows okay yeah so a whole bunch of like you have to be totally high to like (laughs) 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 maybe the concept not so much but the name sounds awesome (laughs) (laughs) but like seriously though like all of this i don't know much about common rider sure so i'm not going to touch on the whole what i think should be adapted thing but I think that it might just be able to work in general because, granted, all this stuff that's being adapted is actually anime, but just the whole weird resurgence of adapting all this Japanese stuff for an American audience, and some of it's land and some of it's not, whatever, that's irrelevant. Just the fact that it's all kind of seems to be happening right now. This is a good time for it, is what Yeah, like if, if it was ever going to happen, it would have to be sometime soon. Yeah. Do you think... And maybe this is a deeper question than than I have thought out. But do you think that we would be able to recast the show with American actors in 2017? Because Power Rangers is established, right? And it's sure. such a big mm-hmm. cast of characters that you can easily say, like, we want a diverse cast that that relates to all the different identities in America. See, this is like much deeper than I thought out. But with a new property, do you think that it would take? It might, depending on how they do it. I think Common Rider Dragon Knight, I did watch that show. And they had the right idea. It just, it didn't have any network support. And they were doing it on that Vortex whatever crap that eventually failed. Or it was like Mm -hmm. WB Kids or... It was some... Because the whole Saturday morning thing is... That doesn't work on main channels anymore. It's all cable. Cable Mm -hmm. or streaming. So Mm -hmm. I think AP is right in that the time is now because of the different streaming. Because... Uh, Ultraman is very successful for Crunchyroll right now. They've, they've already had like four Ultraman series on Crunchyroll. So the question of platform isn't a thing, but to your credit on casting, I yeah. think they could do, because with Common Rider, it's, it's a blank slate. Once they get into the suits, who cares mm-hmm. who it is? So they could have a very diverse and natural cast. If yeah. they decide to do an adaptation, I don't no, think I, that's a problem anymore. Yeah. I feel like it would work more if they took it not to the same like budgetary situation, but more of like a Power Rangers movie route rather mm-hmm. than just like a straight up adaptation. Um, so you're saying uh, like take the suits and just make a movie out of it. 
Well, you're or, just like, or just take the suits, take some elements of it, adjust some things, and just kind of make... A mature, like, yeah. like new property, almost. Almost like... I mean, I watched the Death Note movie on Netflix. I'm and sorry. granted, granted, I never watched the <laughs> I never watched the anime though. Sure, sure, sure. So maybe I have like literally nothing to compare it to. Well, you don't. But did you like I, it? Did you like the movie? I, I I kind of did, to be honest. Some stuff clearly, I was like, what? No. But well, then they were like, I've been hearing from people is folks who have no familiarity with the series, they're falling in like this movie was fine to this movie was enjoyable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And then fans are like. This is a travesty. And that's been my thing. I know a lot of people in my anime circle that have watched Death Note. I've watched Death Note. It's It's a great anime. They've already done a great live action version in Japan. And so when I saw this was on Netflix, I was like, oh... Okay, and I did see the <laughs> clip having William Defoe voicing yeah. Ryuk. He was he was like fantastic. That's mind blowing. I, like, I saw the clip. I was like, wow, this is great. Yeah. But yeah. I can see why people that are fans and have been invested in this would find it to be completely unwatchable. And that's like a Sentai versus Power Rangers debate. You yeah. have people that are like, <laughs> Power Rangers is a travesty because it's ruining Sentai. And, and it's like, no, it's it's just another form of it. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> have any of you watched that? I believe it's on Netflix, but it's that show. It's The Returned. It's, no. like, it's like a French show, I think. And maybe about two years ago, they made an American version. All right. The foreign version has a huge cult following. And, oh, I know what you're talking about. And then they made this American version. And the American version was actually kind of fine. Granted, they almost copy pasted a lot of stuff. <laughs> but the stuff that they did change, it was almost for the better because it was for a completely different audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm. not to say like American people can't enjoy the foreign version, but it's clear that it wasn't really for people who liked the other thing well i think that's what death note was supposed to be i just don't think they did a good enough job marketing it to the people who weren't death note fans yeah (laughs) right so it just kind of showed up yeah so i guess for like a common writer adaptation you'd have to decide who are you specifically marketing it to and then Mm -hmm. kind of go from there right like are you marketing it to people who already watch this type of stuff in which case you're gonna have to be far more meticulous and like sort right. of loyal to the source material. Mm-hmm. But if you're if it's a totally different audience, if changing the target, I guess you could do whatever you wanted with it. Mm-hmm. I think it would be kind of neat if they made it sort of not like a paramilitary thing, but more mature like overall and just almost entirely original. Well, some of the early ones that that's exactly what it is. Yeah. You know? so, yeah, common writer it's always big overseeing organization and you've got the writers that are standing up against it or fighting for it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you could do some of that stuff pretty well. Yeah. You could actually even build that into fours. Like, that could fit into your idea for fours, Eric. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, an elite school training the next generation of of writers. Yeah. And one kid stands above them all and becomes Kamen Rider Forze. Sure, why not? And that would fit in with the whole space theme, because this branch also is developing space technology. I haven't seen Forze, but I was confused that, wait, they're high school, but then they're on the moon. (laughs) What's happening? (laughs) Yeah, that's a thing. (laughs) I think it can be done, but you're right, Doug. They need to figure out who they're targeting first and build from there. 
Yeah. If it ended up on Crunchyroll, like if Common Rider was on Crunchyroll in the way that Ultraman is, I hope you're listening, Crunchyroll. I immediately subscribe, and I would never unsubscribe. Same. Yes. Ever yeah. with CBS for me. The moment I knew that CBS All Access yeah. had every single episode of Survivor, I was like, you've got me forever. You know, if they did that with Common Rider, I would be on board. I would be no question. And could you imagine if they did simulcast like they do oh. for their anime shows? I would never do a, a subgroup ever again. I would be like, Crunchyroll? All right, we got Common Rider build episode three the next day. That would be yeah. amazing. That would be mind-blowing. I do, think, I do really think, genuinely, people are dying to watch the stuff legally. It's just there's not a way to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. Like, for me, with Star Trek Discovery, I've been subscribed to CBS All Access <laughs> for a whole year now, even after their delays, uh, their two delays that they had for Discovery. But I stuck around because uh, of Survivor, because I'm also a Survivor mm-hmm. fan, and... They also have every single episode of Star Trek ever on there, too. Also, they've got that on Netflix, but it's nice to have a backup. And plus, I've discovered other shows, because I'm not a big CBS watcher. I'm not a 50-year-old-plus person. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but, But I did discover a couple other shows where I was like, oh, hey, this isn't too bad. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't subscribe to the service. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if Crunchyroll took on Kamen Rider, oh, you're Ooh. straight, I'd be there forever. Just like you, oh, Doug. Yeah. How would you want it done? Like, are you one of those people who's, like, subtitles all the way? Or would you want, like, a dubbed option? No, 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 no. Do not. Never yeah, dub no. Sentai or Kamen Rider. I do not. <laughs> okay. I do not want a crap dub where they're like, "Oh man, I love these donuts." Kamen Rider Wizard. <laughs> no, like, that's exactly what I want. I want a terrible dub. If you're going to dub it, I want it to be trash. The only reason, the only reason I mention it is because after I watched the Death Note movie. I actually went back and tried to watch the Death Note anime on okay. Netflix, and they have subtitles and a dub track, sure. and you can like choose which one you want. Pretty good for that series. Yeah, and I mean, I it's nice to have the option because like at first I was watching with the subtitles, but then I was like, I don't feel like reading the screen the whole time. Like whatever. So. And and I get that the subtitles are not for everyone. So I wouldn't be offended if they made a Kamen Rider dub. I just, I'm not the audience for that. Mm -hmm. I would stay subtitled. But, I mean, I know some friends that are voice actors. If they were in the dub, hell, I'd be all for it. I'd I'd watch the Mm -hmm. hell out of it. And I might watch it just to get a laugh. Because it it would be like, yeah, I love this plain donut. And I'm picking on you. I'm picking on Wizard Doug because I know you love it. I can't imagine why you would be doing that as I show off my Kamen Rider wizard tattoo. I I would, out of morbid curiosity, I would absolutely watch that. But I've also seen it twice already, so it's not hurting my experience. You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) And and for me, that's gone on for some anime too. Like Big O, I've never seen the subtitle version because in my mind, the American dub is the best version for me. Like, I tried watching a subtitled episode, and he got, oh, Roger Smith, the big O. And I'm like, whoa, this is not... Because I feel the dub fits the style of the show better. But that's just well, me. There's a, 
when there's a good, well done dub, right? Like when the yes. voice cast and voice acting is really good. In that case, I think it just depends on how you watched it first, right? Like Full right. Metal Alchemist has a great voice cast, and I watched it that way first in English, and so it's like weird to watch it with different voices, but both voice casts are really good. So Yeah, and if you've never seen Common Rider before and they had a dub of it, then yeah, you'd be used to that and that would be your way to mm-hmm. get into it. Because I know not everyone likes to read subtitles. It's a preference. Wish I understood Japanese so I wouldn't have to read the subtitles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I put subtitles on with English things sometimes. I, to be I honest, do too. just so yeah. just so I don't like rewind it when I miss something that they hear. You know, mm-hmm. but with the foreign language things, I don't really want to have to be like continuously looking at the screen. Like if I look away for a second, I don't want to completely miss something that happened. Yeah, you right. have to commit like you have to be ready to sit for 24 minutes staring yeah. at the screen. And I don't watch a lot of TV that way. So I totally get it. Yeah. And that's for me, like trying to catch up on Sentai. I'm really good at starting a Sentai show. But then never finishing it because That's because like it's the story of my life because it's a commitment. You're right. It's like, OK, if I'm going to watch Super Sentai, I got to watch this screen for 24 minutes. Yep. Yeah. Like even if I reach down to like grab a drink, I have to like know exactly where it's at. I have to have it next to me the whole time. Probably <laughs> end up spilling it. You know? Like just I'm not that coordinated. i don't think it'd be terrible to have the option i just feel it would have to be an option though because i feel like so many people wouldn't like that exclusively you know what i mean sure sure you know i i never got into the whole sub versus dub debate with anime i never got that argument because you have the option to choose which one you want there's Mm -hmm. no reason to complain about it because you have the option of what you want to watch right there so for me yeah, if they did Common Writer and there was a dub option, that's great for people who want to get into it for the first time. But for me, I'm going to watch it how I'm used to watching Sentai and Common Writer. Yeah. But again, that's a personal preference. It's If a dub created an entirely new audience for it, then 100% do it. Yeah, because you're exposing so much more people... And that just ensures that we're going to get more of it if it becomes successful. <laughs> and, it, and it almost, in, if it does well enough, it almost ensures like a new adaptation. Right. Yeah. I, I think more people yeah. would be open to commenter if they got exposed to it through the Japanese part of it first. Mm-hmm. And sure, if it was dubbed, they do that for Godzilla all the time. They dub Godzilla movies. <laughs> They're horrible, but they do it. <laughs> And people still watch it because they still make it. So, (laughs) all right, well, it's time to get going. But thank you, Tyler, for such a great, interesting discussion that you sparked. Doug, thank you for being on the show. It's great. Thank you for having me. Yes. Otherwise, I'd be talking to myself about watching these shows. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Doug, we're... Where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, people can find me at Doug Watchin on Twitter. And you can also find what I'm doing with another four-eyed radio production, Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast at Victory Road Pod. And actually, we just recently announced that we're doing something a little different for our second year. We just celebrated our one-year anniversary. And we've decided that for the second year, we are going to be, this is ambitious for us. We only released 18 episodes in our first year. But we're going to try to release an episode every week. We're going to be doing 
our normal episodes at their regular rate, like their regular frequency, but we're also going to be doing commentary on the entire first season of the Pokemon anime. Wow. And so we'll oh, be wow. releasing yeah, we'll be releasing one episode of that each week when we're not releasing like a news related or discussion topic episode. So we're gonna see if that works. We're gonna try to release an alarmingly more uh, <laughs> so you'll get to a hundred episodes in two years instead of ten. <laughs> well, we did technically yes, but we did decide that the most responsible thing to do was to number them with point. So we wow. won't claim those as official episodes. So this is a spoiler alert for those of you. Uh, Kyle might kill me, but we even have like a, a modified intro for those episodes. So even if you're not oh, paying cool. attention. You'll know that it's a commentary episode as opposed to our regular numbered episodes. Kind of yeah, like Kyle, our, kind of like our extra episodes that we do for yeah. for Patreon. So yeah, Kyle's doing great work with that stuff. Oh, he I is. Just, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, and be sure to check out uh, Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast. It's uh, good stuff over there. I got to talk Pokemon at some point because yeah, we put you on there. Uh, hey, I'm up, I'm up for commentary episodes because, especially that first season, because my my little brother grew up with that. So those episodes I'm the most familiar with. We don't want to do it by ourselves, you know? Like, we're okay. starting off by ourselves, obviously, to, like, get our routine down. But sure. we would love, if there are episodes, you know, this is turning into a, a Victory Road promo here, but <laughs> if, if there are episodes of the original anime that you love, like, let us know, because we would love okay. to... To have you talk about it, for sure. All right, absolutely. So, uh, Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph. We're on Instagram and Facebook at rangercommandpowerhour, all one word. And you can ask us a question at ask.fm slash rangercommandph. Be like Tyler and give us a good question that'll get us talking for 20 minutes mm -hmm. so always appreciate that from our listeners and now we're in triple digit episodes and it's all cool Woo! so yeah we we made it <laughs> <laughs> you can't see me i just threw my arms up in the air <laughs> <laughs> all right guys so until next time we will catch you later thank you again for listening and we'll see you next time bye guys Woo! You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph, and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour. This is Trucky B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour, and you are listening to the Four Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks 